Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. All right. Uh, just before we go to Louis DeBrusque at uh, 1235, we had Dan Milstein on, represents uh, Pavel Daksuk, uh, Nikita Kucherov, um, Evander Kane, Matt V. Petrov, and Andre Kuzmenko, who's basically the best unsigned player in the world available right now. And we got a lot of response to that interview. He said, uh, laid it out from the beginning, a political refugee. Uh, you can tell, uh, very passionate about what he believes in. Mike and Drumheller says, Bob, we need to get Evander Kane as soon as, assigned as soon as possible. He should be on the first to-do list. Do you think Ken can get him signed for Mike? I don't know. I don't know what the number is going to come in. All I know is he's putting up numbers, and that gets you paid. Um, this text comes in from Craig. He says, goes to show the detractors that are saying that Holland doesn't do anything. Behind the scenes, it looks like his reputation gets him a lot of opportunities. And Don says, Bob, if Kane's agent, I won't even try to spell his name, and it's uh, Dan Milstein, uh, that was one great guest full of a lot of good information. Let's face it, Kane was one hell of a signing by Holland. Now we can, can we re-sign him? Last night, the orders played tougher, and I loved it. Again, you can text us at 780-496-0063. One more. Um, James says, Bob, is it true that Connor McDavid's agent, Jeff Jackson, answered a poll on Twitter about Jay Woodcroft? The question was if Oilers fans wanted Woodcroft signed long-term, and Jackson chimed in and said, yes, if it's true, the Oilers can have some playoff success. I like our chances of McDavid signing here again long-term. Your thoughts from James. Ryan Rashad put that poll question out, and Jeff Jackson did respond to it and said yes. And uh, you never know who's talking to which agents on a daily basis. That's all I'm going to tell you. Um, I'm not surprised that that was the response uh, from Jeff Jackson. All right. Uh, we made Louis DeBrusque wait online forever for GCL Diesel, providing genuine diesel parts and turbochargers at great prices since 1972. GCLDiesel.com. Hello, Louis. How you doing? Doing well today, Bob. How are you doing? Good. Interesting conversation with Dan Milstein. Very passionate about, you know, CHL not, uh, you know, cutting off uh, and stopping. He said it. He's got roughly 25% of the uh, import players that have come into the league the last couple of years in major junior hockey, and he wants to see that continue. He says you, if you read between the lines, he's basically saying you're playing right into Putin's plan if you don't allow kids to come over. Why penalize 17-year-olds for the actions of a, a political leader? And that's kind of the world we live in these days. Um, 
you're a former major junior player. We'll get to the cane stuff and all that other stuff. Do you remember uh, how, when you were playing, you were in London. Were there, were, were there even imports in the league at that point? Nope. Right. Not at all. We've kind of almost gone all the way back, haven't we? Back into the well, late 80s, early 90s. When, yeah. when European players really started to influx into the NHL, and a lot of them had to defect early on, especially the, the first few that had to get out of their countries by defecting to get over to North America and play hockey. And that was a not an easy decision for them to make at that time. And unfortunately, they're they're being put in that position again. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. Well, uh, look, Dan Milstein represents Evander Kane. Uh, the order's record speaks for Jay Woodcroft's record speaks for itself right now. Louise, 22-8-3. I think Kane's, you know, came about, I don't know if it was three or six games before that, but well, I guess I can figure that out. Jay's up to 34 games, and Kane has played 30. Uh, seven, 38 now as an owner. Anyhow, I digress. Uh, your thoughts on the addition of Evander Kane and how he's fit in here in Edmonton? Yeah, no, I mean, we've, we've talked about it at length. I think he's just, you know, anytime you can pick up someone like Evander Kane and slip him right into your top left wing position and have the success that he's had on that line, I would say it's been probably the most consistent that somebody's played with Connor McDavid in the stretch as of late um, with Connor. Uh, and number one, that, but also putting the puck in the back of the net. Now, he was on a little bit of a slide there as far as goal production. He was still getting assists, but the puck just wasn't going in the back of the net until the first goal, 3-12 into the game last night. And that's just kind of what he's done. When, when, he need, when there needs to be a big play, a big game, um, Evander Kane's come to play. He really has. And I think, you know, he's proven why he's an elite forward in this league, why he was, you know, led the San Jose Sharks in scoring last year, why he's had 30 goals on, well, one franchise twice, but two different locations in a third time. And he easily would have had 30 goals this year if it was a full season. So this guy's a 30-goal scorer. So uh, 30 goal scores in this league don't grow on trees. I'm sorry, it's uh, they're rare. And... You know, I think the goal scoring's up, but they're a coveted commodity uh, throughout the National Hockey League. And good job by Ken Hall and the Oilers to take a chance on Evander Kane. And he's, I think, come in and done exactly what they've expected him to do as far as a power forward in this game. 24-10-4. That's the Oilers' record with him in the lineup. He's made a difference. Yeah, you know, I, I, and, and here's the thing, like, it's funny, you know, you watch a player from afar, and you and I have talked about this, you see a player on a different team, and you watch him, you see him twice a year, three times a year, sometimes only once a year, depending on the games you're doing or the schedule or whatnot, um, and you just don't necessarily have the same um, respect for a player sometimes. Sometimes you can overvalue a player when you only see him for a few times a year. Sometimes you undervalue players when you only see him a couple of times a year because you just don't get to see them on a consistent basis. And I, I just think, you know, when you watch him day in, day out, and we've talked about this, a lot of the things that for me that have been surprising, I knew he could put the puck in the net. I knew he was tough. I knew he didn't find trash talking out there. He was a guy that was going to be in the fabric of the game. He was a physical player. What I didn't know about Evander Kane how strong he is on pucks. He's incredible, has a great stick, um, very sound in the defensive zone. Does he, like How often have you had to say during your broadcast um, that was a terrible pass by Evander Kane? 
He, he manages the puck very well. He plays very smart. He plays simple. Uh, he knows where to go to score goals, so he has an intelligence about the game. The penalty killing, the shorthanded uh, situations for me was something that I really didn't know a lot about Evander Kane, but he's an excellent penalty killer, and he's dangerous on the penalty kill, which makes him you know, just that much more of a commodity. So, I, listen, I, I can't really say enough about what he's done. I think he's come in here and been exactly what the Oilers needed, and it's shown. Yeah, the, a couple things. Uh, for me, he, you know, there's some bigger guys. They don't win puck battles on the boards out of their own zone. Like if the puck comes yeah, up the he wall, does. he, he doesn't does. Lose many. He, he doesn't, doesn't lose many. many. And then the penalty killing. I didn't know he was that good of a penalty killer. And he's a threat. Like you said, I didn't realize that that was part of his arsenal. Um, and, and let's face it, it's not like he's had a lot of sugar time on the first unit power play. No, like, not like, at all. He's like scoring I, very important five-on-five goals. Our listeners are yep. sm- they're smart, Louis. They get it. Like if you get double-digit goals and you don't play on the power play that's impressive right yeah. like what Tanner yeah. Janot's doing in uh, Nashville that's unbelievable I mean he should merit serious consideration for rookie of the year that's hard to do what he's doing but uh Kane I mean if if Kane was on every first unit power play as the net front he probably had 20 goals by now already in 38 games he's at 17 I mean it just logic dictates all right Louis uh nine nine one and one in the last 11 games. Yeah. Mike Smith in his last 10 starts is 9-0-1 with a 9.48 save percentage. You knew Mike was going to... Tell me the truth now. First week of March, maybe after the loss against the Canadians, did you think Smith was going to be able to reel off a 9-0-1 stretch with a 1.7 goals against average and a 9.48 save percentage? Absolutely not. Not even... I wouldn't even... I'm not even going to try and pretend like I thought that was going to happen. I thought it was a real long, tough year for Mike Smith, and I, it was unfortunate. Two years in a row, he got injured early. Two years in a row, Miko Koskinen had the lion's share of the games and had to step in there and really hold the fort, which he's done two years in a row. And I know that we've been you know, very, very hard on goaltenders here. <laughs> um, um, maybe rightfully so at some times, but overall, when you look at the numbers, I think we've all kind of started to have more level heads about it and say, you know what, this tandem has got it done. And they're getting it done again this year. So uh, you have to take your hat off to that. But I did not think that Mike Smith was going to turn it around the way he did. And it was from a number of factors for me, to be quite frank. Number one, his age. Um, He's not getting any younger. Number two, he's he's a physical guy and a big guy. So when you get injured, for me, I've always felt that guys that you know, have that type of a frame and structure take longer to heal. Sometimes it just doesn't heal quickly um, because it, it usually is more difficult to injure players like that. But when they do get injured, there's substantial injuries. Um, myself included, I was a big guy. I didn't get hurt that often. But when I did, it was usually a fairly decent injury. So it would, it would keep me out of the lineup for a bit. But, you know, but I got to say the one thing about Mike Smith is the compete, right? And we, we throw that around. I know people say, ah, come on, goalie compete. What are you talking about? The intensity, and, you know, everyone likes this, you know, Formula One racing that we see on TV, you know, that new show out. And, I, you know, I got into it a little bit. I, I don't know if you're a big race guy. I know my old partner, Kevin Quinn, was a huge race guy. He used to tell me all the new guys coming up. And what I gained to respect in just watching a few episodes in that or is the fact that the mental capacity they have to have to concentrate the level they concentrate for such a long period of time. And I think that's so underrated. It's, it's, it's incredible, the intensity to compete and, and the control they have to have, number one, of their mind, and then two, of their body. And I, and I think goaltending is similar in that regard, in the sense that they're focused for long periods of time, and they have to stay dialed in for the completion of the game. Unlike any other player that can sit on the bench and rest for you know up to five minutes, six minutes, three minutes at a time, 
goaltenders on the ice for 60 minutes. So that, that to me, is, is their number one asset, the ability to kind of stay focused for long periods of time. And Mike Smith, you don't ever have to question the fact he has a desire to play still. He knows he's not getting any younger. He knows that his time is running out in this league. But there's a desire and a compete level there that pushes him to another level. And it's been really good to see. He's been, he's been outstanding. So has Miko, but Mike Smith has stepped in and, I'd be lying if I told you I thought he was going to come in and have the results he's having right now, but it's great to see. All right, we're joined by uh, Louis DeBras from NHL Hockey and Rogers for GCL Diesel. So the Oilers on a 9-1-1 run, and Louis, they, they won a game the other night, 4 nothing against Vegas, and McDavid and Settle weren't even in on the scoring. It's yeah. crazy. You know, and I'll, I'll even go further. I'll look at Darnell Nurse last night. He was he was outstanding in that game. He really was for me. I just there were so many times that I watched and I'm like, this guy never gets off the ice. He killed. Essentially, was on the ice for three quarters of the two power plays that Dallas had. Um, and it was the penalty kill has been excellent. I know Jay Woodcroft talked about Darnell in the sense that you know he's been kind of taken away a little bit from the offensive side of things in regard to the power play and being put out there in situations to produce offensively he's been designated along with Cody Cece to be a shutdown pairing and that doesn't mean that he's not going to jump he was all he had 10 shot attempts last night he had you know six to hit the net he could have easily had multiple points in that game but for me it's about what he's doing in the compete and the battle level in the defensive zone and I think the whole team from that regard and getting back to McDavid and Dreisaitl not having a point against the big Vegas Golden Knights, we showed multiple times where they were in a position defensively just to be hard to play against. And I think everybody's committed to that. I think that's the reason why uh, they have the record right now they have and have played their best hockey, I think, down the stretch. And I agree with Jay Woodcroft in his assessment that I still think they have another level to get to. But there's no question they put the work in. They've committed to that work, and it shows. And uh, a lot of the big guys are doing it by example right now, which it's impossible to have to not have other people follow. From NHL Hockey on Rogers, Louis DeBrus for GCL Diesel. It's 12:48 in Edmonton. Louis, the Edmonton Oilers currently have 96 points. Uh, they've got five games left in the regular season. They finished with 47 wins and 103 points in 16-17. Got into the second round of the playoffs. Is this year's team better? Yes. Why? Well, I'll number the, the first reason is because McDavid and Drysdale, Nugent Hopkins, and Darnell Nurse have all been in the league for that much longer. <laughs> you know, they're that much more prepared for the rigors of what's happening, as you're seeing playing some of their best hockey they've ever played right now down the stretch. And when I say best hockey, I don't mean numbers being put up by McDavid. Yes, I know he had a big night last night. He took over the Art Ross Trophy winning, but he did it the right way. You know, he just he look how many times we see now where plays that develop with Connor are developing from below the hash marks in the defensive zone. He's not stretching up the ice looking for opportunities, which he could very well do if he wanted to. He, he's doing it the right way. Same with Leon Dreisaitl. He's playing heavy minutes. He's down low. And listen, I know it's still a work in progress. I know both of those guys talk about it all the time. They continue to work on that aspect of the game and want to be better. But they've gotten better, Bob. They've gotten a lot better at it. And you know where it really shows up for me? It shows up when we talk about other when we talk to other teams that come in to see Edmonton, when we're talking to the other personnel of other teams and they start commenting on the way and the identity of the Edmonton Oilers, that's when you know they're starting to make strides in the right direction. I've had multiple sources tell me that this is a completely different team than they saw the last time they saw them, last year when they saw them, or two years ago when they saw them. It's a night and day team, not even the same. And that just tells me 
that they're a much harder team to play against. And that has always been um, the goal. That has always been the goal for any NHL team, respectively, to try and be the hardest you could possibly be to play against. That's the identity that any team would like to have. When you go into their building, when they play you on the road, you know exactly how tough the game's going to be because this is the way they play night in and night out. Yes, there's some bumps in the road. Yes, there were some low times. But overall this year, the consistency of that game has been there. And especially, you know, in the last 30, 35 games, I think they've really dialed that in to a point where they're peaking at the right time. Oilers in Colorado tomorrow. Good team, Colorado. Uh, They haven't had all their horses going of late, but I'm going to take you down a completely different path. We know it's going to be a good game. There's been two great games between these teams already. They have been good. All right, so Jamie Ben Ben goes uh, ass over tea kettle into the Oilers bench, Darnell Nurse, and something got said. You used those exact words because Jack almost used those words last night, he said. He he literally leaned to me and said, I almost said that, and he changed his course and used a couple different words, but I said, hey, I think that would have been okay probably. I I believe that 25 years ago you couldn't say that. George Carlin used to talk about the seven (laughs) words you can't say on TV. I think we're down to three. Uh, All right, so here's the deal. What's the funniest thing that ha- when you played do you recall did you ever get knocked into a bench or was there a comical exchange did somebody grab a, a guy's stick or a jersey did, did you ever recall anything because it, it, it was you know what louie we talk about respect in the game come on there was way more brawling and way more nastier stuff back when you played but were, were, were there moments of <laughs> levity and I'm, I'm trying to pick your brain here to say if you can give us yeah. a good juicy salacious story to end off with you know what? I, I'm kind of drawn a little bit of a blank in the NHL, but I remember back in junior as a player I played with him. You probably know him. He played. I think he broke records for his, the length that he played down in the minor leagues. Jeff Christian. He yep. played a few games for the Pittsburgh Penguins. Um, he was a huge Gordie Howe fan. He used to put the cloth and over top of his elbow pads so they'd stay in position, and he was a vicious elbow. But uh, <laughs> so that was back when there was only one official on the ice. In the in the situation where the official the set, the referee would drop the puck, <laughs> so if the back was to him being a left winger, he would always elbow the guy right in the chin off the face off that he was facing off against. He and he and he took immense joy in doing it, and I mean ear to ear grin, immense joy, and he wore a black mouth guard, so it looked like just hideous when he would start laughing the whole way down the ice. Jim Revenberg was a tough guy for the Windsor Spitfires, and he catches him with one of his vicious face-off elbows right on the chin. Buckles him, puts him down to the ice with it. It hit him right on the button. Jim Revenberg proceeded to chase him around the ice. (laughs) And I mean, into the defensive zone, and Jeff was behind his own goal and faking which way he was going to go with a giant you know what, eating grin on his face, like, try and catch me. Because he knew he was a better skater than Jim Revenberg. And that went on for, like, 40 seconds where he literally chased him around the ice. And he made it, like, just a joke. And it was we were laughing on the bench because if he ever catches him, he might kill him. But he never did catch him. He never, he never eventually well, we had, him, but that's we, kind of what went on back in the day. And everybody just stood there and let it happen because it was like, you guys don't want to go up in the play, whatever. But he didn't even care about the puck after that. But I saw him drop, honestly, Bob. He dropped at least 10 guys in the time that I spent in junior with him. And he took a sick pleasure in the sense that if the referee had his back to him, he was going to pop the guy up the face off. And he did every time. How about Taylor Hall? 
doing that to Zach Cassian, elbowing him right off the yeah. draw, right in the mouth, and then suddenly Cassian hunted, called down, and got a couple left hands, and the crowd was like in shock, right? And I think that was Taylor's first game back at Edmonton. And, uh, I, you know, those two played together in junior, and I'm not sure they necessarily, you know, Taylor was a star in that Windsor team. Cass, as you know, was actually suspended by David Branch for like 20 games. He obliterated some guy. Uh, with, I mean, that, the type of hit that well, Dallas Drake used to make, but with Zach Cassian's yeah. size, right? Well, Cassian could almost well, pretty much skate the way he skated now in junior. Like he was, for a reason, he was a, like he was a high pick for a reason. This he could fly, and he still can fly, and he's a big guy. And in junior, when guys just aren't as big and strong, he was a man child some for some to some degree. Um, very dangerous hitter, you know. But I mean, that's the way he played. That's kind of what makes him what he is too, right? That that yep. little bit of edginess and the stare down last night when he got involved with Ryan Suter there in the scrum that was after funny. That was Hanley, funny. I think it was that. So I believe it was Hanley that kind of gave him a little bit of a, a hard time, and he came back at him aggressively. And yeah, you know what? All good stuff. I remember too. One other funny thing, because Craig McTavish is on our telecast of this on the panel with you, and uh, you know, obviously the last guy to officially really not wear a helmet in the NHL. Another guy that tinkered with it, uh, you know, Greg Smith and guys like that that wouldn't wear a helmet at times. But he was the most consistent guy without a helmet. But a fan, I don't know where we were, but yelled over the glass one day, hey, McTavish, your helmet needs a haircut. He had his hair was a little bit long, and, the, and we all got a pretty good chuckle out of that. Even even Craig laughed at that one because uh, it was a pretty good, clean comment from a fan, an opposing fan, which we thought was kind of cool, which you didn't typically hear that often from the opposing fans. They were a little more... Um, um, not as clean as that on a typical basis. Four rows up, Minnesota bench, 81-82. Bobby Smith playing for Minnesota. They were in Calgary the night before. He got a black eye in a fight. And it was the year of the Rocket Richard Grecian commercial. And Bobby Smith uh, skates towards the Minnesota bench. And uh, this loudmouth uh, schmuck uh, broadcaster that may be on the airwaves right now in Edmonton that you might be uh, talking to with his deep baritone voice. Hey, Bobby! Two minute for looking so... Like I mimicked Rocket Richard's voice. Two minute for looking so good. And the entire Minnesota bench broke out laughing. All right, we're out of time, Louie. Awesome stuff. Thanks, man. All right, take care. Yeah, we just uh, went, went rocking right through it. That's uh, Louis DeBras for GCL Diesel. We are going to head off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Lots to still come in the show. Kevin Weeks and Kurt Hill, second hour of Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.